I always used to give Owen Sheehan a good bit of grief for his power rankings. They aren't easy, Will. As a group, as players, we have not done one minute of video analysis of any team this year. The Club Championship Show. Subscribe to the GEA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. The Club Championship Show on OTB in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. You are very welcome along to the Club Championship Show here on OTB Sports. It is brought to you by AIB. We're coming to a very important point in the season now. We know there's going to be a repeat of last year's All-Ireland Club Hurling Final. This time around, it's going to come in the semi-finals this season. Ballygunner against Ballyhale after they kept their respective provincial titles at the weekend. The Waterford Kingpins, Ballygunner, making a bit of history, becoming the first team this century to go back-to-back in the Munster Club Hurling Championship. Wasn't as straightforward for the Ballyhale Shamrocks at Croke Park in their Leinster decider. They led by 14 points at one stage but had to withstand a big second half comeback from Chemical Croaks before eventually becoming Leinster champions for the fourth successive season. We've got new champions in the Ulster hurling. Antrim's Dunloy snapping Slockneil's streak to win their first Ulster crown since 2015. They're now at the top of the ladder in the Ulster championship as well. Shane Walsh kicking nine points as he did in the All-Ireland final earlier this year to help Chemical Croaks at least take one of the two titles they were playing for at the weekend. They are the Leinster club football champions back to back after winning against the Downs. We'll also be joined by the Mulcullen captain Desi Keneally after the Galway side made history by winning their first Connacht club football title at the weekend and commentator Killian Whelan will be along with us as well to preview this weekend's All-Ireland Camogie semi-finals. Slide to say that Ashing O'Reilly is with me. Ash, are you getting on? Good now, Will. How are you? Um, yeah, pretty cold uh, this morning in yes, Italy. Yes, Baltic. <laughs> um, so that's going to maybe play into the conditions for the Ulster football final and the Munster football final which is going to be very cold ahead of those games mm-hmm. on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you were about the games of the weekend uh, you got to see three provincial finals I did yeah I was in uh, Crow Park on Sunday and just talking of the cold it was absolutely Baltic up in that press area like I remember looking around at half time and I was just getting my reports in and I looked around and there was not one person left in the stand like everyone had ran inside it was that cold but brilliant games um, and then on Saturday as well I was at the, the Ballyhay um, Ballygunner final as well brilliant game of hurling edgier seat stuff Tony Kelly masterclass from start to finish and yeah it, it was brilliant to be at all of those games and yeah great games you know this time of year it's tough in those conditions it definitely is it was a bit of a wind in Crow Park as well rain as well um, so tough conditions but uh, yeah it didn't affect the games that's for sure Yeah weekend of five provincial finals let's have a look at the results in the weekend just gone by starting with the provincial hurling finals which took place across Saturday and Sunday starting with Bally Gunner 123 Bally A 17 points Patrick Fitzgerald 18 years of age one goal and four points for the back-to-back Munster champions Park Maui with 10 and also as mentioned there by Ash Tony Kelly scoring 11 points in defeat for Ballier. Big change from last year where there were 17 points between them. Uh, this time round it took a big final quarter from Ballygunner. Leinster Club Senior Hurling Championship final. Ballyhale Shamrocks coming out on top against Chemical Crokes for their 12th Leinster title by 222 to 219. Shamrocks were ahead by 115 to 7 points at half time in that game. 14 points up early in the second half but then 1-7 without reply from the Dublin champions bringing them right back into it. Uh, TJ Reid's 8 points helping Ballyhale Shamrocks to win their 4th successive title with the Ulster Senior Hurling Championship final which 
which was on Sunday afternoon and it was a bit of a surprise result there Dunloy Cullins of Antrim coming through against Loch Neal of Derry by 2-12 to 16 points 11 Ulster titles now for Dunloy uh, their first ever win against Loch Neal in provincial competition having won the three uh, lost in the three previous finals that's now one win in four but crucially this time in the Ulster final uh, we also had football finals on Sunday the Leinster Club Senior Football Championship final uh, won by Kilmico Crokes against the Downs in the end by 112 to 8 points and we had a Connacht Club Senior Football Championship final as we'll talk with uh, Desi Keneally in a few moments Moy Cullen 13 points Torla Strand 8 it's Moy Cullen's first Connacht Club football title Desi himself scoring 4 points and Peter Cook with Three. So uh, there are the results in the weekend just gone by. Delighted to say the Moycullen captain, Desi Keneally, is with us now. Desi, how are you getting on? Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. What a run for the club. Um, you're part of that Galway success and crucially part of that Galway success in 2020. And now you're making your bit of history in the province by coming through at the weekend against Torla Strand as well. It must be a magic period for the club. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of surreal at the moment, really. Um, to win a Connacht Senior Championship is uh, it's special. Um, you know, we only won our first Galway one there in 2020. So uh, it's been a, a good success now the last uh, two, three years. So, you know, uh, it's been a good end to the calendar year now and we'll hopefully carry it on into the new year. How important, when you look at the grander story, was that success? When you look back to the game against Mount Bellew, you got 1-9, I think, in that Galway final to get over the line and to get the club the first title. When it comes to the belief and what you've kicked on over the last couple of years, how important was actually getting that first Galway title? Oh yeah, I think it was huge. Um, we got to the semi-final the year before in 2019. I think that gave us a lot of confidence going forward uh, into 2020. And then I suppose to get over the line then was, I suppose, to show ourselves that we that we were good enough. Um, and then, you know, we we were disappointed then lost to Mount Bellew in 2021 the year after. Um, but, you know, freshened up a few things in the background team in fairness to Don, our manager. And I think lads then just got, uh, put the heads down again this year and we, we trained really well and focused really on, on trying to win the goal championship and you know, it was great to, to win our second one this year now and then on Sunday to win the Connacht was, was even better again Sometimes success breeds success within a club your minors just after winning the county title too last year the Hurlers won the intermediate and got a couple of big wins this year I think Atten Roy and Liam Mellows along the way uh, to get into the round before the quarterfinals this season so it seems that there's just kind of success all across the club right now Yeah yeah, it does actually um, you know the last few years have been, have been crazy really uh, uh, in the parish and you know, lots of us went out there to the minor game. A few of us be involved, helping out at different times during the year, and lots of lads that have connections of brothers and uh, family that are involved in the management as well. So, went out to balance out there on Saturday to watch that, and they were they were big in, big underdogs for that against Clare Galway, and they came out with a one point win after extra time. And you know, there was a huge uh, celebration on the pitch uh, with everyone uh, after that game. And you know, I think it just really lifted the spirits. Then going into Sunday, and delighted that we could we could keep it going. Tell us about Salt Hill on Sunday afternoon then because you played against a stiff enough breeze in the first half, very low scoring. Um, you kicked four frees, four points at three up at half time. Uh, was coming through that first half an important part of the winning of the game given that it was a little bit more comfortable than the second half? Yeah, yeah. Like we, we, first, uh, we did a lot of work on looking at Tour de Strand then the two weeks before and we knew they were going to get a lot of numbers back and then uh, they opted for the wind, go with the wind in the first half and it was it was a pretty tricky wind you know, to shoot into. So, like, we were just hoping not to not to be behind really by too much half time. Try and keep it close. If it could be ahead, it would be great. So, going in one point up at half time, I know it. I don't think it was uh, it was the nicest game to watch in the first half. Now, but uh, you know, all about results. And you know, we were one point up. We we're happy with that. Then we knew they'd have to come at us. Then the second half, and we had the win to our advantage. So, we we're looking to use that then. And uh, thank God we did really. 
Yeah, it's the nature of this time of year as well. Like if you're a free taker, in your case, you're a free taker and captain of the team, you know that you're probably carrying even maybe an extra bit of importance because no points in play in that opening half, but you have to slot over your four frees to keep them in front. Ultimately, your frees could be the winning and losing of any game between now and the end of the season there. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a huge part of the game. Um, we played Strokestown two weeks ago and uh, missed quite a few myself and Peter Cook and we were lucky to get over the line there. So uh, happy enough to see them go over now on Sunday. And, you know, as you said, they are important because it's it's not easy depending on the pitch and conditions. It can be, mm. can be quite difficult to play football uh, this time of the year and to, to play a nice brand of football. So free are going to come come down to it and you know if you can if you can nail uh, the majority of them you'll put yourself in a in a good spot. And Desi, you're captain in the side at just 22 years of age, so some people would say it's quite young to be leading a team, but obviously you're playing county football as well. So what would you say what sort of captain are you? Are you are you vocal in the dressing room? Do you lead on the pitch? How would you describe what captain you're? Uh, you're being a bit nice to me there now. I'm uh, two years older, 24 now. Okay. Um but yeah, no, I was 22 we won the first one and 20 20 all right um so getting a bit old now but uh <laughs> 24 no, is not uh, old you're all good yeah <laughs> no I, like i've been used to it now i think it's my fourth year as captain and famous the lads you know they they've been brilliant you know we've we've lots of lads involved at galway set up so we obviously have sean kelly who's the the galway captain and lads who are currently on the panel and, and who have been on the panel in the past um so you know they've all been brilliant you know just try and so as captain, you know, say a few words every now and then. I wouldn't be the, the biggest of talkers, but um, then try and lead on the pitch and uh, get lads going. Uh, but as I said, you know, being captain of this team is it's kind of it's an easy enough job because we have a we have lots of lads there that are going to stand up and and take the bull by the horns really, and lots of lads that are happy to talk as well at different times. So um, it's it's uh, it's not too bad really. The school bell is going there in the background. What was it like, I suppose, yeah, for yeah. for the the kids and that seeing obviously such a such a massive victory. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, it's my first day back now today, so uh, there's real excitement around. And you know, even last week leading up to the game, they were they're all looking forward to it, and uh, lots of them were were at the game and and uh, down the clubhouse after. So it was great to see. And I think you know it's, it's important to to create that excitement uh, for everyone because uh, they're the future, I suppose. And if we can inspire them to to push on and keep winning senior championships, um, then it'll be great. There's a good feeling around Galway across the board at the moment with the other provincial finals at the weekend, uh, the county team getting to the All-Ireland final this year. I mean, to get a clean sweep of the provincials is some going. Yeah, yeah, it's been brilliant. Um, you know, Clifton and Dunmore as well uh, taking the other two titles. So it's it's been, it's kind of really rounded off a great year for Galway football uh, in terms of the calendar year. Three uh, club provincial titles along with the success of Galway and even the Galway minors. So it's been a pretty good year and I suppose, you know, at club level we'll be hoping for a good start to the new year and even then with Galway maybe carrying on uh, see what we'll see what that brings us up I think we're all looking forward to sitting down as neutrals to watch Glenn and Kilcoo at the weekend it should be a fantastic Ulster final it's almost a scouting mission for you guys though do you actually get to enjoy watching the game this weekend knowing that right here come our opponents in the semi-final whoever comes out on top of the weekend ah oh, yeah yeah like uh, I'll sit down I'll probably on Sunday and watch that uh, looking forward to you now Good games, a lot of anticipation about it now for the last while, and everyone kind of hoping for that for that clash. And seeing a bit of Glenn this year uh, on the t- on the telly, and obviously Kilku last year, so they're two excellent sides. So, you know, looking forward to watching that. Hopefully, it will be a, a, a great game, and um, I suppose we will be keeping a bit of a closer eye on uh, on a few a few things going on in the game for for our own good then in the new year.
Yeah, I mean, look, the Christmas obviously be on the mind at the moment. At the same time, you're training a lot later into the year than would normally be the case when you become a provincial champion and you're getting ready for an All-Ireland semi-final. But in a way, it kind of makes for a magic period for a club uh, when they've got a provincial title in the bag heading into the Christmas period. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we're looking forward now to the Christmas, so be a good, uh, good buzz around the place. And, uh, you know, lots of people are, are just, just delighted, really, with the success we've had uh, at a lot of different levels this year in the club. So, uh, it'll be a special Christmas, um, but I think uh, poor Tom will be uh, a bit stressed out now. Maybe after St. Stephen's Day, trying to round up a few lads and, and get us focused again. And uh, I suppose we'll have to do that as well. Yeah, I don't think the focus will be any problem, especially when it's a, a first-time semi-final. It's also new and the excitement around it. Can you just tell us a little bit about the club? You're on kind of the outskirts of the city, are you? Yeah, we're about uh, 10, 15 minutes outside Galway City. And, you know, look, uh, I started first playing with, with the lads in 2015. We won our... We won the Intermediate Championship in Galway. So 2016 was our first year senior in, in a few years. And, you know, it's, it's been slow progression. And in fairness to the club, they put in a huge amount of work underage and, and helping out the senior team, trying to push us on. And, you know, then to win a, win a first championship in 2020 and follow it up this year. It's been a pretty pretty nice journey, I suppose, uh, over the last uh, seven or eight years. I know you don't start the year thinking about probably All-Ireland semi-finals, but... Was it ever in the back of your mind that this team could go on and, and achieve this? Yeah, like, I, I was obviously at the start of the year, our, our aim was to try and win a Galway Championship. And I think, we, you know, we've, we believe in ourselves that if we can put in a performance that uh, we can match we can match a lot of teams uh, around the country. So, you know, we kind of, I suppose, with Connacht, we just took it game on game and seen where it took us. And, you know, it's brought us uh, to Connacht, to being Con- Connacht champions now, which is which is brilliant. So, you know, going into the new year as well, uh, it's kind of it's as you know, it's uncharted waters for us now. So we're we're looking, we're going to be looking forward to it, and it's going to be a great day out uh, for everyone. And we'll be giving it a, our best shot and, and, and see where it takes us. Des, just follow one for you before you go back to school. It must be nice that the success of the club has coincided very nicely with your career. Because I think back watching you in Crow Park with the Galway Miners, I think it was like 2016. That's around the time that the club are coming up into the senior ranks and becoming contenders. And then as you mature as a player, first Galway title, now the first Connacht title. Uh, this is a wonderful time to be uh, coming to the fruition of your career while your club are doing as well as they are right now. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's been been a brilliant uh, few years and I suppose uh, you know still hopefully have a have a few years after me and I think a lot of us are at, at that age of the club where we're in our about our mid-20s now so you know we just want to we just want to enjoy our football improve as players improve as a team and try and um, I suppose make the most of it and see what success we can bring and, and when we're when we're finished uh, see what we have because you know it's it's pretty new territory for the club having the success so we're, we're just going out there and enjoying it every year uh, giving it a crack and and uh, see where it takes us really and see uh, what success we can have but no it, it is uh, I suppose with Galway and I might call us being a brilliant few years and, and hopefully it'll continue Well look congrats on getting yourselves uh, the Galway title firstly this year then your first uh, provincial crown in Connacht and the best of luck getting ready for Glenor Kilku in the new year as well Thanks Ian Thanks Will Moy Cullen on the move up yes uh, absolutely lots of confidence there I wasn't smart when you talk about these clubs because we were chatting to James O'Connor last Friday on mm-hmm. Off the Ball about uh, Ballier's story and when Ballygunner were starting to come to the fore in Munster Ballier were still a junior team at that point and they'd come up through intermediate and into senior and now they've been so remarkably successful in Clare over the last seven seasons and there they are back contesting another provincial final at the weekend just gone by that was a game that you were at and mm-hmm. you were very very taken by how Tony Kelly performed in defeat for Ballier a bit like the Munster final um, but I was just thinking the options that Ballygunner have in their forward line 
is just absolutely frightening. Remarkable. Well, it's frightening. It really is. Yeah, like we talk about Harry Ruddle who come off the bench to, I suppose, win them the the All Ireland last year. That that goal, that magic goal in the dying minutes. But he won an intermediate title this year with Ballygunner. They've won the intermediate, the junior, and they were also in the junior B final. So it just shows you the the strength and depth they have within the the whole club. Really, if I was Harry Ruddle, Ash, I would have been tempted to retire after Crow Park. <laughs> That's it. I'm is, done. Is the I've done shot. it all. <laughs> I can never, I can never ever achieve more than this. Yeah, um, I'm never going to have to buy a pint in my life ever again nope. before I'm going to retire. Oh my god, absolutely! Yeah, what a moment! It was unbelievable. But yeah, like to think that he's still coming off the bench, you know, and and winning an intermediate title or something else. But it just shows you that depth they have there within that squad. But I suppose for for Ballier, like they they were, it was a brilliant game. Well, it was edgier seat stuff. Like I, you you couldn't take your eyes off it. It was only really in the last fifteen minutes or so they really pulled away. Then Bally Gunner um, and Tony Kelly, I suppose he was a little bit quieter in that last quarter. But up to then, it was just a masterclass. Like and he was targeted from start to finish. You know what they. They were trying to block his runs. Mm. So at times, and like they, there was yellow cards dished out for this. Like they would, the ball would be like, maybe there was a long ball going in. He'd be making his runs run off the shoulder and they'd block his run. And this was constant throughout it. And like I spoke to the manager after and he said, look, that's the way it is. But it's it's at this level. You're going to expect that. You know, you're a player of his calibre. You're going to be targeted. But uh, I just thought it was it was a brilliant performance by him and how he kept his head the whole way through as well. But Ballygunner, they are just getting better and better. I think they are better than last year. I don't know what you think, but I think I actually see improvements. I think so. I think uh, last week we did a football power rankings last week with Tommy. I think mm-hmm. you're doing a hurling power rankings right now on all the evidence we've had with the way that Ballygunner played against Napiercy, the way they played, particularly in the last 15 minutes of the game of the weekend when it was in the melting pot. They yeah. won 8-2 in those closing stages against Ballier. Ballygunner have done nothing wrong and have no. impressed that they've gone ar- along. I thought very good performance against uh, Kilaran McDonough's in the first round in Munster too. While Ballyhay have looked a little bit vulnerable, at, or sorry, Ballyhale I should say, have looked a little bit vulnerable at times. The Shamrocks conceded so many goal chances against Nace in the first game in Leinster. And then at the weekend, they'll be really worried about the fact that the running game, again, you were in Crow Park watching this, where yeah. you're, four, you're 14 points up. So Ballyhill Shamrocks very rarely will let up at any point during a game. And usually they come out very comfortably. I think back in the Leinster final when they beat Clock Balakala last year, got in a strong position, never let up. In this case, Chemical Crokes found in that second half that once they ran, they were creating chances. They were drawing frees, first of all, that got the scoreboard taken over. They were smart, yeah. And they created goal chances from running at them as well. And I just think with Ballygunner's running game as well, Ballyhill Shamrocks have got some improving to do ahead of Sunday week. Yeah, and I think it, it could be fitness. I could be wrong. Like, you know, Crow Park's a massive pitch. The conditions, the whole lot have a part to play. But I thought they looked out on their feet, especially coming to that last quarter or even that second half, like when Kilmacud got back into the game. And that was something that their manager, Pat, had spoke about after the game. He said, you know, at halftime, we wanted to close out this game. We wanted to be able to, you know come here and have a brilliant performance throughout the game for the for the full 60 minutes or 65 you know they wanted to have that but it wasn't the case um, and I think that'll be a worrying thing for them especially coming up against the Ballygunner team as we said are just getting better and better and the opponents that Ballygunner have been up against especially in a Pearshig that was an unbelievable game and I think they will learn so much from that game at the very start it wasn't going their way they had to change things around tactically and they got on top and I think those games will really stand to you when I don't know for 
for Ballyhale. Yes, they had a tough test against Nace. Tough test again against Kilmacud. But are those teams as the calibre of Napierschig? I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's a, an interesting one. But Ballygunner, just frighteningly good. Yeah, like Colin Fenley's involvement is almost like a symbol of the game to a certain extent mm-hmm. where... He gets 1-3 and his physicality and his pace, everything was so difficult to deal with in the first half and um, he was a big difference for Ballyhale Shamrocks. And then, a bit like the team, he starts to go out of the game in the second half and actually they had to withdraw him out to a role in the half forwards to try and get him to feel the weight of the slitter again. And then Ballyhale did wrestle control back and won the game in the end by three points. But ultimately, it was almost like what happened to Ballyhale during the game more generally. Colin Fenley couldn't get into it after halftime. No, and Kel McCord had scored 1-7 without reply and it was only a TJ Reid free that really settled them back into the game. And at that point, as you said, Colin Fenley wasn't really on the ball. He'd scored 1-3 in the first half. They pulled him out to that half forward line because they needed a bit of muscle, they needed a bit of power, a bit of experience maybe as well to get them back into the game. Um, he wasn't overly great, I wouldn't have thought, even in the, in the second half. But I suppose what he'd done was just experience, especially him and TJ just settled things down. There was no panic there. And that's definitely something you could really give them credit for. You know, they got themselves back into that game when at one point it looked like, you know, it, it was actually they were going to lose it after an 11 point lead at half time. So, yeah, it, it was a remarkable comeback for Kilmacud and they were lucky, you know, I think it was Alex Considine that got the goal in the end and brilliant goal as well that he got. And yeah, he was very, very energetic up in that in that full forward line and they could have easily went on and won it. But I suppose it probably experience in the end was what did it for Ballyhale. But um, I don't think they would walk away too excited or happy after that performance. Yes, they have the, the Leinster title. That's not to be sniffed at, no way. But uh, overall of a performance, I don't think they will walk away saying, you know, they were happy with that. Real pity is Sunday week, half three, Crow Park, three, o'clock, three o'clock World Cup final. Yes. And this is just so eagerly anticipated. I think Saturday evening wasn't an option because I think one of the other clubs have got a wedding, a wedding on the same yes. day. So therefore they had to play on the Sunday afternoon. But while the GA have been clever enough at kind of keeping things away from clashes with the World Cup, it's a pity that one of the most anticipated games of the weekend, or one of the biggest, most anticipated hurling games of the year, with mm-hmm. the rematch of last year's All-Ireland Final and all the drama of that, is going to be going head-to-head with the World Cup Final. I appreciate be overshadowed. Everyone from, you know, Waterford Circles and Kilkenny Circles who want to be there to watch the game will go to Crow Park over the World Cup Final. But when you're trying to win the hearts and minds of the neutrals, it's very hard to do so when you go up against one of the biggest sporting events in a four-year cycle. Yeah, absolutely. You just wonder, like, surely there was something else they could have done here. You know, as you've said, it doesn't come around every year. You know, every four years we have this. We have a, the World Cup final. Even if you're not into football, you know, you're probably going to watch the World Cup final. And as you said, neutrals definitely will probably say to themselves, I'll stay at home so I can catch both. So you're not going to get them in there into Crow Park. It's going to be tough to get people in there anyway, you know, for a neutral when it's Baltic. But even for their fans, like I'm sure, you know, probably all of them will travel. But there's even, say, other ones with Inkle Kenny and the likes that will decide not to go. Like, it'll definitely have an effect on the attendance. That's that's for sure. Um, and it's just such a pity. Yeah, I know I'm going to be in there covering it and I'd absolutely be looking forward to it, but I want to watch the World Cup too. So, And I'm sure there's going to be many people in the press box feeling that way. There'll be a lot of laptops on, uh, probably yeah. with the player at the same time, just kind of half keeping an eye over what's happening, but just keeping an eye on what's happening There'll be a few shouts around the, the press box time. for sure. And the other final that took place at Crow Park at the weekend was a very comprehensive victory for Kimmico Crokes against the Downs. The Downs scored just a single point in the first half. Robbie Brennan's side, Kimmico Crokes, were 11 points up in that opening half. Shane Walsh got all three of the second half points for Kimmico as well, finished with nine points, a uh, mirror of his performance in the All-Ireland Final for Galway this year and he spoke to Ash after the game. 
we kind of built the momentum and we kept control of the game and we probably never let them get a foothold in the game in the first half and like that set us up lovely at half time so you went in 10 or 11 points up at half time you know your, your dream that kind of stuff like when you're in, the, in that scenario but look there were things obviously in the second half we had to work on but look you have to give your dues to the Downs as well they kept plugging away kept plugging away and they obviously had a big support there as well you could hear them you know, getting behind them as they were kicking the scores in the second half so um yeah, look, we, we, Leicester finals are never going to be a one easy. You have to put a lot of work into it. And I know sometimes the scoreboard doesn't reflect that always, but like everyone works their socks off there today. And even the lads, great to see Wardy get in there for you know, a few minutes as well. That was his, I'm sure that was his debut there as well. Like, so you know, it's great for those kind of lads to be getting that game time in. And look, we're trying to build all the way along. And again, we'll be building the next few weeks again. And some of the points you scored, one or two of them were identical to the freeze you would have took for Galway in the All-Ireland final out by the sideline. <laughs> I think I'm cursed with nine points, the lads are saying to me there out there as well. So, uh, look, it, it doesn't really matter, I suppose. If someone had said to me, probably the last few minutes, you're, you're on nine, I'll try and beat it just for the sake of it. But uh, <laughs> Park was the one that always reminds me. He kicked 10 in, in the, in the All-Ireland final back in 2001. So, uh, but yeah, uh, look, it's, just, it's great. The main thing is, I've been played well in games before and we've lost. You know, so it's the main thing is the team performance is good enough there to win today and look you're happy to kick a few scores as well John that's part of my job as well in the team so because um, there's other lads there that do the, the unseen work I suppose and that they're the ones setting the chance up for me as well so no it's great yeah, modest lad. Like very calm with the fact he just scored nine points in the provincial final and helped his. He was annoyed club. he didn't score ten. Yeah, once a match for Joyce's ten for an All Ireland final. But yeah. um, he was the difference maker. Um, the goal was a little bit scrappy. I think that was probably important for Kilmacud. But again, like we've seen from them all year, and Tommy put them top of the power rankings last week, and I think Keen Johnson and them top yeah. of his as well. This is a team who really mean business, even with Paul Mannion not being fit, and let's see where he's at in the new year and whether he might be able to play in the All Ireland series, but this team have just got they exert control wonderfully well I didn't feel at any point in the second half they were actually in any kind of trouble either No no, it definitely wasn't anything close to the first game you know with the hurling with the comeback um, Shane Walsh yeah nine points and he was setting everything up too and he was getting back and he was defending and that's probably a big part of his game too that we maybe don't highlight enough because he does do that hard work and I think there was talk of him like looking up at the screen in Crow Park and sort of scanning runners I don't know I didn't I ask him that, that. Was, I wish I had seen it but yeah maybe if we get chatting to him after an All-Ireland yeah. Saturday, be something chat it is an interesting concept though that if you have time and the wide shot goes up on the big screen do you look up and get a bird's eye view of what's actually happening and do your runs from there? Yeah, God, that's remarkable. But no, he, he was uh, he was brilliant again and he could have scored more. You know, one or two of them, he laid them off and there was a free or that that just hit off the post and weather and things like that. So, yeah, he's he's unbelievable for them. And without him in that side, you know, I really do wonder, especially, especially with Paul Manning and out as well, um, what they'd be like. But yeah, they, they are a force but um, have they been tested well I don't know have they fully been tested do these type of games help you getting ready to come up against the likes of you know the Glen Kilku you know the, these type of teams does it does it really help you I, d- I don't know you mm. know I, I'm sure they much rather to have a, a tougher test on their hands we'll see where Newcastle West and Karen Rallick are yeah, at that's the weekend face, yeah. in the Munster finals so uh, we'll have a clearer picture at that point but I would take your point that particularly the two games they've just had at Crow Park against Port Arrington and against the Downs they had both games dead by half time mm-hmm. and it was just a case of seeing it out in the second half that maybe they haven't been in a scrap like they were a few times last year where they had to come through Yeah, uh, even the All-Ireland final last year against Kilku 
going to extra time and look I'm sure I heard Craig Diaz mentioned it a few times the pain of what happened last year is going to be a huge driving factor for them uh, to try and get back to another All-Ireland final but uh, they look very very impressive so far uh, the other two finals we're speaking to uh, Desi Keneally a little bit earlier he scored four points in Moy Cullen's win against Torla Strand 13 points to eight in the Connacht football final uh, which is at Salt Hill on Sunday afternoon and also on Sunday uh, Slock Neal surrendering their Ulster club title Dunloy winning their 11th Ulster their first ever win against Slock Neal Nigel Elliott goal and an own goal during that game as Dunloy Cullen's won against Slock Neal by two goals and 12 points to 16 points and they will play St Thomas's also on Sunday week in the first of the double header at Croke Park Delighted to say we've got Killian Whelan Camogie commentator with us now to look forward to the Camogie semi-finals this weekend Killian, how are you getting on? How are you doing Will? I'm looking forward to this weekend. I mean, there's a bit of a fresh look about the semi-final lineup, but yet there's a lot of familiarity with the teams who've come through at the same time. If we could start with the All-Ireland Champions, you've got Sarsfields of Galway, so familiar with this stage of the competition, so familiar with getting to finals since 2016. You know, winners in 2020 and 2022, they've been to five finals over the last seven seasons, uh, once again back at this stage, but up against a different Leinster champion in St. Vincent's who uh, took Owlert de Bala out in the Leinster final a few weeks ago. Yeah, and obviously Sarsfields now as well have a little bit of a, an injury camp uh, setting up as well because uh, they're without Orla McGrath, as we know. Erica Leslie has been added to that as a long-term injury situation. And, uh, you know, a word obviously in the in the last uh, week or thereabouts, Claude McGrath is currently in a boot. Maria Cooney hasn't trained properly since the county semi-final, although she did play in the final she's been recovering since. I still expect to see them. But Shannon Corcoran, who uh, was having a, a great year for them within Galway, and uh, had a player of the match performance in that county final, scored 1-1. She's definitely out uh, for Saturday because she has uh, a broken thumb and is in a cast. So, you know, there's little things that might be starting to sway the balance uh, towards maybe Vincent's if they're, if they're looking for anything. But, you know, you can't write off this Vincent's team in, in, in any way when they have someone like Ashling Marin, her capabilities, and she didn't play in 2019, if you remember, against Sarsfield. So she could be the difference ultimately. St. Vincent's. As you mentioned, what a year they've had. Now, I know for Owlert, um, with Ursula Jacob having a child, she's not around. They're maybe not quite the same team that they were two years ago when they won the All-Ireland title. Um, but back to the four, and now potentially on the cusp of going to a first All-Ireland final uh, since 2008. So, And this has been a really, really good run for St. Vincent's to have taken Owlert out in the final. Have you been impressed by them so far this year, Killian? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the seven games in Dublin and, and, and you know, there were rarely had a, a glove put on them, you know, that they, they were convincing winners, of course, in that Dublin final and, uh, you know, defeating Nafina easily enough. Ashing Marr, 12 points that day. She comes on then in the uh, Leinster semi-final against Thomastown. She scores 2-9. You know, they, they're just on that bit of a run. I just think maybe in the Leinster final, um, I don't know whether it was a bit of nerve and, and so forth, but Owlert got a chase on them at the start of the second half and really, you know, it was hell for letter into the closing stages. I know there was a bit of a breakaway and, and, and Ashley Mar obviously got a vital point that ultimately was to be enough to get them ahead of Owlert at, at the end. But I just think maybe Owlert, you know, they surprised us in one way and I, I don't think I'm offending them in any way by winning that All-Ireland title uh, two years ago. Now uh, will but, you know, they probably have just come to a point that there's probably a few on the team that are starting to, you know, think of uh, 
putting the slippers on, I think, and that would be, you know, and that's no disrespect to them. I think, I think they're entitled to that, but, um, you know, it might have been just a step too far for Owlert, whereas you have this Vincent's team that still have a very strong core element to that uh, crew that played Sarsfields back in 2019. I think there's about nine or ten that are still around, and, you know, there's some key personnel there, Will, that uh, obviously have that little bit of hurt, although maybe... You know, as I said, when you take on Sarsfields and Dave obviously were competing in All-Ireland finals prior to making, playing Vincent's in 2019, maybe Vincent's now just will learn more from that 2019 defeat and be able to channel that a little bit. And I just was impressed by, the, you know, their leadership and, 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 and the way that they worked for each other. And like when things really got tough going uh, in that Leinster final, and when you see someone like Owlert in the, in the rearview mirror and they're coming back and they're coming back at you, I, I'm sure that it... You know, it it would have been a case that somebody would have flinched, but a credit to Vincent's, they didn't. And, uh, you know, that I'm sure will stand to them when they go down to take on Sarsfields and Burr uh, this coming Saturday. Yeah, Killeen, I think Erler Tabala, they'll be really hurting from that game because they definitely could have came back and, and got the win, you know, that day against Vincent's. But there's something different about this Vincent side, I think, in the last year. I suppose, what differences have you seen? I know you're talking about the leadership and probably in those dying minutes to be able to grind out that win. But what differences have you seen, I suppose, over the last year with them? Well, I think, Ashing, you know, the the great thing about it is, I suppose, and, and, and it was under the, the, the management there in Dublin with Adrian O'Sullivan, um, is that I, I think an awful lot of girls have now got inter-county experience as well. I think that's that's been a factor. You know, now Vincent's obviously uh, were a key element to the, to the county setup over the years, but I just think in, in recent time, whether it was with the, um, you know, a first or second side, that uh, they were getting opportunity to play. And I think also as well, a number of them have come to the fore with maybe university uh, scenario teams as well. So I think that, that has been a factor. But actually, the one thing that stood out for me is the fitness um, you know they were they were there right uh, on the sixty third fourth minute and uh, were 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 holding off Owlert, um and and that is, that I think has been a, a key factor their ability to take scores although it probably didn't come as easy for them in the Leinster final uh, if they get goals they will ask questions of Sarsfields that's the thing and you know uh, Neve Hetherton Jewel Star she's been you know dovetailing there very very nicely along with. Uh, Ashling throughout the game so it's not just going to be Ashley Marr that I'm going to have to keep an eye on I think they will certainly keep an eye on Ashley Marr but there are others you know and Muren Keller has been having a, a fine year as well and Anya Woods a massive block in the closing stages of that Leinster final and uh, she will be one that they will have to keep an eye on as well from a defensive uh, element that she will be kind of trying to maybe she'd be somebody that will be on Siobhan McGrath trying to kind of curtail uh, the ability of Siobhan in that game yeah, it's uh, when you speak about Sarsfields, you know, I spent some time down there last year and such a small club, you know, they have to, they pick from a small amount of people and it's unbelievable what they've managed to go on and do. And I know it's very close knit down there and to go on and hopefully make it two in a row. That's that's their plan. Like it is, it, it's exceptional to be able to do this. Absolutely. And as you said, it, it's only a, a kind of a cross crossroads on, on on a point on a map you know but they're they're severely united and I think Michael Hopper McGrath he, he's the embodiment of that they they would do anything for him you know they, they even got him to go to Spain on a holiday with them there you know this year and I, I think he was part he was the, the kingpin you know and I think he just has that respect and that drives through the whole the whole group and I know yeah his daughters on the, on the, on the team but they, you know I think they're all his daughters in a way you know they just rally so much around him and I think he, he brings that that drive with them and you know I think Ashing just a little bit as well you know Owlert's defeat of them in Nolan Park there at the, the delayed final 
you know, I think that hurt them in the sense that they maybe took the eye off the ball. They were looking at back-to-back titles, how great that would look, you know. And uh, I think now they're conscious that maybe this year, here's the opportunity to put back-to-back titles. And again, that puts them in, you know, in the record books, you know, of being, uh, of being one of the great club teams. So, you know, I think that will be a drive that Vincent's will have to be able to respond to as well, that, you know, Sarsfields are on a mission. Yeah, something that Hopper had said uh, when we spent time down there. He said that, you know, when I'd seen this team up and coming, like when they were underage and the likes, he said, I knew that they could always go on and win in All-Ireland. And he said that like Sunday mornings, like half eight or nine a.m., every Sunday there would always be 30 girls out training. He said it didn't matter if you live in Dublin or wherever you live, you know, everyone comes back. And I was just taken back and said, wow, okay, that's the difference. I went back to my club and said, right, girls, this is what we need to do. (laughs) (laughs) So what you were saying is Sarsfields have inspired Brad Holt. Oh, yeah, well. We won a junior All-Ireland, so we're we're up and coming. (laughs) (laughs) Killian, you mentioned the injuries Sarsfields are dealing with. Can they weather those issues now and uh, get through this game at the weekend? Well, the thing is that, obviously, when when you look at their team, they're still players with so much experience, uh, whether they've been with the Galway seniors or intermediates. And, um, you know, you've also got players, obviously, then as well, that have been with that Sarsfields run for the last five or six years. So they, they have a huge amount of experience and have gone to the well so many times in order to be able to uh, to drum it out. Siobhan McGrath, one of the game's greatest forwards, there's no question about that, can turn a game on on a split-second decision. She has thankfully returned to the form that we would have seen a a couple of years ago with Galway after her injury. Uh, I fully expect Claude to be back and Maria Cooney, I think we'll see them on the field in in Borough this coming Saturday. I I think Siobhan McGrath will be, you know, the telling point in it. Obviously, Neve McGrath is captain middle of the field. She will be a driving force there, uh, will shut down an awful lot. And obviously, you've got the likes of Tara Kenny as well, who has obviously senior inter-county experience. It will be a huge, huge uh, part uh, in that defensive unit as well. So, um, this could be a right game uh, Will if you get a chance if you're down home I, I, I would say to you try and call in because uh, it's definitely worth a, 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 the admission fee I think because um, I don't expect Vincent's to just lie down and have their belly tickled I think this is going to be right to the wire and it may take a little bit of brilliance off of Ashingmar or Siobhan McGrath and lads alone to go in and watch the two of them play is worth it Killing Whelan just able to work out my plans for the weekend so. without even knowing. <laughs> I'm just saying that to Ash before I went from at home on Saturday. I'm going to go to that game. It's in Bird, half past one. Half an hour earlier, Ashburn for the other semi final, which is Drummond Inch of Tipperary up against Lockheel Shamrocks. And Drummond Inch beat Scarf by six points in the Munster final last month, Killing. But perhaps most impressively, uh, the Clare champions were kept quiet in the last 20 minutes of that game. Uh, Drummond Inch just finding that kind of, when a game is in the balance, that little bit to get over the line and win the game. Yeah, well, that's something that they've learned, Will, because Scarif caught them, you know, so they know they, they, they have that rivalry. They weren't going to be caught in a situation of a, a last-minute goal or anything like that. Again, you know, I think the one thing that's good about Drum this year, uh, Will, four in a row in Tipperary, but, you know, getting out and winning Munster and uh, trying now maybe to put to bed some of the, the doubts that maybe people have about them because, they've, you know, as I said, they've been in and around the final six before, but haven't really stepped up. And when you consider maybe where people might view Tipperary Camogie at, you know, it's it's surprising really that more Tipperary clubs probably haven't come to the fore in the final four in the closing stages of an All-Ireland series at club level. I think Drum and Inch are going to, you know, be there or thereabouts again uh, with regards to this year. Um, what Lockheel might bring then as well is, might be that little bit of a, a, a new novelty. They, they have a, a, new, a group of new players in there as well. So that might be a factor that Drum might have to be ready for. But, What's impressed me about Drum 
is the the little bit of doggedness that has just been there this year. The, I think some of the senior members will have stood up and have really decided to take this by the, the horns and really run with it. And I don't know if you got to see their social media post there during the week, which I, yeah. I think is great to see a little bit of novelty about anything but a gear bag and got even the fridge. I was waiting for the kitchen sink to arrive at one sink, stage yes. in the dressing room. But, uh, you know, that, that just, they really have, a bit like Sarsfields, I think they just really have... Um, got that camaraderie going there and you know again they have girls who have experience uh temporary senior and intermediate uh, uh game time at inter-county level so you know they know what it's about and they're dictated there by you know uh, the, the mcgraths and uh the evistons and the champions they're all related you know and they, they and they chip in there and need tracy having a brilliant campaign for them she's going to be a huge factor and quiva burke you know has inter-county goalkeeper experience and uh her puck outs and maybe long-range free um, could be a factor in it as well. But being really, really impressed by Drum and how they've fought it out. Haven't had it easy. Had to come from seven points down against Clonulty uh, to, to win their county title. But uh, it just goes to show you some of the form that they're in. Yeah, one of the best TikToks I've seen all year so far, Ash. Is, yeah, it's uh, gone viral. Brilliant. It was very funny and it's so true because you really do. You have so much going on. Like there was one girl bringing in, I think she had a, a baby basket and she had all her stuff in that, her helmet. There was people bringing in, as you said, the fridge. And I was like, it's so true. You should see the amount of stuff that comes in through the dressing room. <laughs> Lockheel then pull off a bit of a shock. I think most people would have expected, given how good Slock Neal have been for the last seven, eight years, that they'd be going back to an All-Ireland semi-final as Ulster champions. But... You know, two goals scored in the first half, created a platform for Lockheel, but they actually won the second half as well and they kept Slockneil quiet with the exception of Tina Bradley who was uh, leading their scoring in that Ulster final. So a um, bit of a shock there with them beating Slockneil and now they'll probably be looking to pull off maybe a little bit less of a shock against Drummond Inch, but uh, coming in off the back of a fantastic result in the Ulster final. Yeah, but Lockheel needed that will. They've been, you know, chomping at the bit against Lockneil for the last few years. You know, they defeated Lockneil in the 2015 Ulster final. And who would have thought it would take them seven years to be able to achieve that again? Uh, there's been a little bit of a change in the Lockheel mentality, I think, as well. A little bit of youth brought in. You know, they've lost a couple of players in uh, Maeve Connolly, Emma McMullen, Emma McFadden this year. Um, there's been, obviously, a few, as I said, personal um, family uh, scenarios as well that people have stepped away and they had to blood a bit of youth and I think that bit of youth has brought a bit of freshness you know a little bit of a hunger but then when you have Katrin Dobbin and Roisin McCormack again would be up in the top 10 forwards I think in the country um, you know you've seen the way Antrim Camogie has just risen in the last number of years they are deadly they, you just can't take your eye off them and McCormack didn't play through the, the through the Antrim Championship but she comes in in the Ulster final scores 1-6 you know big game player on the big day shows up and uh, you know again a number of players there the likes of um, as I said already with, with Katrin Dobbin the McNaughton's as well they'll be key uh, key players in, in, in the clash in Ashburn and uh, you know I don't expect it to be a, a runaway train for for, for Drum, if anyone is thinking that, uh, again, I think Lockheel uh, have always been in the closing stages of the provincial series, uh, Will. Uh, so they're, you know, have been in the hunt in the, the final eight or six on occasion. Um, Schlockneil, look how great they have been. So Lockheel, if they're measuring themselves against Schlockneil, Drum and Inch would want to be careful here. They needn't think that the Antrim girls are coming down to uh, Dunmore Ashburn for a, a day trip or anything like that. This is going to be, uh, I think, another little bit of a dogged battle and it could be a right encounter. Right, go on. Who's going to Crow Park then? By the sounds of it, you're thinking Drum and Inch <laughs> are going to win that first game. Who's going to win the game in Burr then? 
I think it'll be Drummond Inch and Sarsfields, but that that's going on. The, the old, you know that everything works out. That just the the, the ability of, of both teams and the and the, and the form that obviously they've shown. But you can't discount Vincent's and Lockheel either. Um, and I'm never one for sitting on the fence, Will. But I, it's I, a comfy spot. You know, Kenny. if you ba- sorry, it's a comfy spot sitting on the fence. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that you would know anything about that, but I go, I'm going to come down on the element of uh, uh, Drummond Inch and Sarsfields just on the basis that I think they might have a little bit of spark. But don't don't uh, don't discount either Roshi McCormick or Ashley Marr having a big say in their respective semi-finals. Cheers, Killian. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Killian. It's well covered there. If anything yes. happens with a shock, he goes, well, I did try and warn you. <laughs> and the potential- oh, it's very close, very close. I wouldn't be writing off Vincent's whatsoever. No. There you go. Yeah. Let's have a look then at the fixtures for this weekend because we've got a couple of provincial football uh, finals which are on as well. So those All-Ireland Camogie semi-finals, Drummond Inch against Loch Eel is the game in Ashburn on Saturday. That is a 1pm start. And then half an hour later in St. Brendan's Park and Borough, you've got the reigning All-Ireland champions, Sarsfields of Galway up against Dublin and Leinster St. Vincent's. And then we've got provincial finals in the football across both days so on Saturday we're going to have first time winners of the Munster Club Football Championship Cairns O'Reilly's in their first final since 2009 up against Newcastle West of Limerick who are contesting it for the first time since 1987 and then the Ulster Senior Football Championship final on Sunday afternoon one we've been really looking forward to both the football games are on TG Carr uh, this weekend but a 1pm start at the Athletic Grounds Glen of Derry against Kilku of Down. It's a chance for Kilku to win three in a row and Glen are in their first ever final, Ashling. Mm-hmm. And this is one over the last few years. We've been kind of waiting for this provincial final between these two, given their relative strengths and uh, given the type of football that they play. Can't wait for this game on Sunday lunchtime. It should be one of the biggest games in the club calendar, I would say, this year. Um, it's brilliant that the two best teams in Ulster are in the final. You know, we've seen them meet earlier on last year and it was Kilku that overcame them in extra time. But what a battle. And I think it'll come down to probably the midfield area Connor Glass against Dylan Ward if Dylan Ward is fit for Kilku we're still waiting to see but uh, yeah it's going to be absolutely brilliant you know two really powerful teams and it is so hard to call Will but I think everybody should be tuning oh, in Dylan off the fence who's going to win don't be like killing her I will go for a Kilku win because I think they're just peaking you know they're peaking at the moment they're obviously reigning All-Ireland champions they have a lot of runners um, yeah they're tough to stop they're tough to stop but Glenn they're very powerful you know especially that midfield as I mentioned you know Emma Bradley Connor Glass they're an unbelievable pairing but uh, yeah I would stick with Kilku what mm. about you? I think Kilku as well but just about I wouldn't be surprised if this one no, goes all the way again not at all wouldn't be surprised at all yeah one to watch that Definitely. is one o'clock at the Athletic Grounds on Sunday and that game is on TG Carr with the Munster final on TG Carr the day before as well that's our lot on the Club Championship Show brought to you by AIB check out the hashtag the toughest across the weekend we'll have updates here and off the ball across all those games this coming weekend Ashton's going to be alongside Tommy next week and they'll be chatting to you around half past ten next Wednesday The Club Championship Show on OTB in partnership with AIB Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest.